0: Guys, welcome back to another episode of the Black and Empowered podcast. I am super excited, as usual, to be with you guys here today for another episode on season three. In this episode, we are going to talk about the work that we're doing in the Empower Lab and on the Racial Trauma Task Force. I'm really excited to introduce to you at least two new people we'll see who else joins us here today Um, and we're really just going to spend some time talking about the benefit of finding happiness along the path to doing this work that we are all doing so with that being said I want to jump in and really just give some background information into what is it that we do and why Um, I think that that context is important as right We are here to really engage our community. We're here to benefit our community. I think that the lens that we take to all the work that we do is a positive psychology approach. So we take a strengths-based approach to understanding our community. And when I say that, I'm talking about Black American youth and Black families in America. Uh, So specifically within the Empower Lab, we focus on engaging minorities in prevention outreach, wellness, education, and research. So you're going to hear all about that throughout the work that we do. So the theme is, again, preventing maladaptive risk behaviors, preventing PTSD, depression, and anxiety, really conducting outreach to inform the public on the impact of maladaptive coping strategies, so if you are experiencing stressors and you cope in a harmful way, what that impact means, but also the benefit of ourselves, our families, our friends, and really helping us to prevent these maladaptive outcomes when we do experience stressors. So the stressors that we're most interested in providing outreach on and wellness towards overcoming are interpersonal stressors and racial stressors. Uh, We spread education and awareness around these topics. So what is interpersonal stressors? What are adverse childhood experiences and how do they impact the way that we see ourselves and the way that we see the world? What are racial stressors? What is racism and how does that impact Black youth as well? So in addition to that education, we also conduct research that says, right, these are the principles and the strategies that we know work. And this is how we can integrate them into existing services and existing treatments. And we collect data on those outcomes to see, right, if I am focusing on emotion regulation for someone who experienced discrimination, their uh, behavioral outcomes improved because of that work that we're doing. So that's in the Empower Lab. We also have something that's called the Racial Trauma Task Force that was really started by graduate students in order to get them involved in the research that we do in the lab and in order to allow them to help disseminate our strategies to the community. So we started the task force in 2020, When I was at the University of Georgia and we have since expanded and um, really reached out to the Athens community, the Atlanta community, now that I'm at Georgia State University, as well as the nation, as we started doing some of this work on social media. So we do within the task force have several sub forces. The social media subforce. if you have seen us at the Empower Lab on social media, uh, that is the work of one of our task forces in disseminating, again, these evidence-based strategies, this awareness to the community and really engaging them in conversations around that. We have this podcast here that is a product of the Racial Trauma Task Force. We outline and script episodes based on areas and topics of interest for our community, again, Uh, We do outreach and public health messaging to spread awareness. We are in the process of creating a website to utilize the strategies and to empower Black youth to specifically utilize these strategies amongst themselves and their friends. We disseminate research summaries and we do lit reviews, again, to show the impact of of this research that we're doing across the academy and across lay populations. So with this work that I just described, right, we are writing grants, we are writing manuscripts, we are conducting consultations and clinical trainings around, right, talking about racism in therapy, Um, that requires a ton of moving parts, right, so We have lab meetings, we have racial trauma task force meetings, we have individual meetings and group meetings, and all of that requires us to provide some sort of structure that we're doing. I was talking a bit earlier before we started recording about the fact that we almost went to bi-weekly meetings as opposed to weekly meetings just because I was feeling so stressed and so pressed with the pace with which we were working. And that's to say that if we provide organization, if you provide structure, we're doing things like delegating and outlining our roles. And that is what helps us to be more productive as we are doing this work. So I want to today talk about the need to, while we're doing this work, right? While we're being productive, while we're grinding to find happiness along the way. To remember our why, to reach out to these communities in a way that says, you matter, you are important, you are a part of this work that we're doing, and we can celebrate ourselves, we can celebrate diversity, we can have fun during this process. So as I bring people into the lab, I always say, right? I don't want you graduating and you're beat down and disheveled and you forgot why you're here and you're crawling across the stage, right? I don't want us posting on social media and being bombarded with messages of racial stressors. I want us to do the work and to make sure that we are thriving and protecting ourselves and setting appropriate boundaries while we're doing that work as well. So we have gone from a culture of, right, published and or perish, grant or go home, all of these really disparaging things that say work, 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 or leave the academy or work, 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 or your value is not seen To okay. Peace and productivity, right? How can we have fun along the way? What can we do to make sure that we put in on each other? How do we remember our why How do we, as we're submitting a grant, after that grant gets rejected like I just did, right? How do we lick our wounds and go back to our mentors and have someone remind us of the reason to continue doing this work? We're giving out flyers. Ashley, we just talked earlier in our Project Navigate meeting about, you know, maybe social media isn't the way because we're getting all these bots, Maybe now that the world is opened up again, we need to go out into the community with these iPads or with these party flyers, right, and talk to the population that we've been so eager to engage. If we're traveling for work conferences, how do we set our schedule that says, you know what, let me go to a good location or let me go during a time that, right, I can visit family or tap that on
1: Something that's coming to mind as you're talking is thinking about how to implement those healthy boundaries, because it's like, well, there's tasks that have to be done, but we also have to take care of self. So it's like, how can I navigate through this, but do it where everybody's getting these boundaries because like I need to make sure I'm taking care of self. So that way I can perform at my best. So that's kind of what came to me as you're talking like we are doing a lot in the lab and just in our lives as well. But how can we also incorporate some healthy boundaries in there?
0: Yeah, and I want you to talk a bit about your boundaries that you set for yourself. You guys, so you just heard a new voice, right? <laughs> I want to spend the next part of today's episode having our new voices introduce themselves, introduce what's important to them about balancing peace and productivity. Um, Ashley, I just heard from you, so we're gonna have you talk about boundaries, but again. <laughs> Want to do this in a way that is both peaceful and productive for those of you who are longtime listeners, you know that we play the Song Association Challenge, right? So <laughs> what we're gonna do is we're gonna play the Song Association Challenge, have you guys introduce yourselves to our listeners and just give, you know, one or two of your most prominent strategies for maintaining peace. If you want to talk about maintaining productivity, sure. Um, but really, I want to focus on maintaining peace. Where do you find your happiness? What's important to you in terms of your values? Um, so I'm going to demonstrate because that's a little bit more than we usually do. Usually we just say a word and then we bounce it on. So we're going to say a word and then the person who gets it is going to sing. And then those are the rules. Introduce yourself, why the work that you do, and what brings you happiness along the way and this is after the word. So I'm going to go first. Um, however, because you guys feel a lot of pressure with this, I want somebody randomly just give me a word. I'm going to get my 10 seconds to mess up. Get the song, and then you guys <laughs> get literally no pressure. And I'll model the introduction.
1: I have a word for you. Okay. Name. Name. Come on,
0: say my name, say my name. <laughs> no one around you. Say, baby, I love you. You ain't right, Right, okay, so 10 seconds is <laughs> all it takes. Thank you, come on. And bonus points if you sing a song that Beyonce was on. Uh, <laughs> so a uh, quick introduction, you guys know me. I'm Dr. Metzger. What is my why? Helping Black youth thrive despite their instances with stressors. What do I do to stay happy and to maintain balance and peace around along the way? I am, in addition to Beyonce, obsessed with my nephew, who is three years old. His name is Kobe. He was on an episode before. Um, but I really just like looking into his eyes and talking to him and remembering what's important about life, right, and the innocence that children possess. So that is me and Miss Ashley, because you... <laughs> we're nervous i'm just gonna let you get this out the way um okay i am going to give you the word and y'all please if you're listening jump on youtube and watch this because (laughs) i I usually look raggedy but ashley and carissa are on camera and they are in song queue so watch it (laughs) um and ashley because i see you right now i'm choosing between two words it was either hmm skin or smile and I'm gonna go with smile. Smile.
1: oh I need the lyrics. Um Kirk Franklin's coming to mind. I don't know if y'all are familiar, but smile like I the know. sun. <laughs> you,
0: oh, wow. you got it because all you have to do was say it in the lyrics or in the text. <laughs> well, Good one, too. Okay, okay. so introduction, um, the work, and peace along the way.
1: So, I'm Ashley, and I feel like also oh, the work, let me start there. The work that I do is I currently am working in the lab as a research scientist, so I'm doing a lot of like translating the research and all of those things for social media and different platforms. And um, let's see my why. Hmm. I thoroughly enjoy working with African American youth who are experiencing depression, anxiety, so different mood disorders so that's at the core of things for me and I feel like I'm finding peace along the way. Aisha, you made me think about my um my niece. She is How old is she now? She's 16 and she's my little sweetheart. So I enjoy having girl time with her, going out, getting our nails done. I feel like that is when I'm so, so happy. So I would say that's when I find a lot of peace, just being with family.
0: Yeah. And 16, yeah, you got a big girl now.
1: I know. I don't know how we got here so fast. So we're doing college tours and all the fun stuff. So I'm excited.
0: Yeah. You're talking about identity and Boys or girls, or whoever she's interested in, and healthy decisions and self esteem.
1: Yeah, it's a lot because you try not to get overwhelmed. Like she's watching everything I'm doing. uh, So it can be a lot, but I enjoy it. It's fun. Modeling, you're right. They do
0: watch us too, huh?
1: Mm -hmm. You want to
0: pick one of
1: your peers Mm -hmm. for two? Yeah. Chanello. Hi. <laughs> so I'm going to give you the word mm, tonight.
2: Tonight, we are young.
1: <laughs> that was a good one. That was a
2: good one. <laughs> it's one of my favorite. Well, i'm Chanelo. and i like to have fun um (laughs) and i guess what was the first thing we have to introduce ourselves but also
0: the work that you're doing oh tell them that you're a undergrad student at georgia state tell them who you are what you're doing where you come from
2: oh yeah i'm an undergrad student at georgia state And just working on finding my way right now and possibly, well, not possibly, I am trying to go to graduate school. So I'm working on that, working with the Racial Trauma Task Force, working with um, the podcast and everything, helping out in class, stuff like that. So that's what I'm doing now. Um, And what was the last part?
0: How do you find joy and peace along the way?
2: do I find joy and peace well I try to just look at the world around me to find joy and peace um and slow down because I feel like in this society we're constantly like running every day we're running we're trying to figure out what's our next move we're always planning stuff um we rarely ever like just take the time to just sit and look and you know if you just sit sometimes and look outside like right now it's raining but to me that's kind of peaceful you know, so yeah, that's how I find peace by slowing down, taking a break.
0: I love that. Open your windows when it's raining. That is the best if you're in the South, at least.
2: Yeah, it's so pretty to me. It's tranquil.
0: I like that because, yeah, I could definitely look outside and decide to be like,
2: oh, it's so gloomy.
0: But you're right. When you think about it, it's beautiful as well, right?
2: Yeah, it helps me sleep. <laughs>
0: definitely which we know right if you guys are familiar with the nap ministry (laughs) we know the restorative power and the restorative need of sleep as well so yes okay miss chanella you want a popcorn
2: sure i'll popcorn to carissa um the word i'm gonna give you is love uh love mm.
3: gosh i can't think of anything mm. Mm. okay uh tonight i'm loving you there we go um that's the first uh i think the f- opening lyric for a song by Enri- enrique Inglesias. so um it's very
0: of Enrique, what song is that? I,
3: I think it could actually be called Tonight I'm Loving You. Um,
0: oh, we're gonna give you the
3: point. I don't know that song
0: though. Okay.
3: <laughs> um, But hi, everyone. My name is Carissa and I work in the lab um, as a research project coordinator. And so I really help with um, hands-on on a lot of the projects, um, mentoring undergrads in the lab, uh, doing some writing as well, similar to Ashley, and um, just really just being um, additional support system for everybody. Um, So when I think about boundaries and how I protect my peace, um, my favorite thing is to say no, uh, because I am notorious for just over-scheduling myself um, whether that be forgetting there's only 24 hours of the day and I'm on for all 22 and sleep for two hours. Uh, So it's something I'm actively and consciously saying, working on saying no. Um, Also, I'm very much, I love taking naps. So when I was serving the nap ministry, I was like, yeah, uh, I can take a nap almost anytime, anywhere. Love doing that. Um, And last thing is just nature. Uh, I love putting my feet to the ground. I love seeing the trees and just thinking about how everything that they've been through with the storms and the weather, and they're still there and really resilient. And that just really is something that I draw strength from. And it's really inspiring to me.
2: Wow, that's beautiful.
0: I think that about trees as well, right? Bend but don't break, they kind of sway in the wind. But you just said something powerful, especially for us, right, strong black women. How did you learn how to say no? That's a it sounds like you're still working on it and practicing. Do you have any tips that you could share? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but that's huge. Yeah. Um, I
3: just start I just started doing saying no to the small things um that are were very low cost. Um so do you want to eat tacos for dinner? No. I would prefer to eat XYZ. Um, just getting comfortable with saying no out loud was a first step. And I moved that to okay. Um, going out with friends when I'm really tired. Okay. Uh, no, I'd prefer to do on a Friday. So just starting small and baby steps is what I did. And I think it's working so far.
0: Yeah. And I think when you do that check afterwards, like, okay, everything's all right. No one, no one hates me.
2: (laughs) Right. Yeah. I was about to say, like, also being in an environment where you're able to say that is good um, because sometimes the environment is not very inviting to that. Um, I come from a foreign background, so other foreigners might know what I mean.
0: (laughs) Yeah, especially, so we were talking in class today about first generation Americans and cultural values and around education, but right, like respect and saying no and setting boundaries even in family settings is hard. Um. yeah, and I think like what is saying, it's really a matter of, you know, starting small. <laughs> starting small, using your voice and then looking around and realizing like, wait, I do have some agency here. I can't say no to these things, right? Uh, at home, it might be no, you don't want this for dinner, so you're not eating anything, but you have power over that as well, right? <laughs> as we get older, yeah. you say, know, okay, I don't want the end. I can buy my phone, right? So then you right. right, start to get that agency
1: as well I think I had to reframe the way that I looked at boundaries because I used to feel like setting boundaries meant I was being mean and or I'm being rude or something but now I realize that like no you're actually showing up for yourself you're being mean to yourself if you don't set the boundary so just reframing that if I tell someone no that doesn't mean I'm being mean like I'm always thinking about the other person first and being super empathetic like how would that make them feel so I'm still working on this, obviously, but I'm having to reframe the way that I looked at boundaries.
0: Yeah, and sometimes no helps them as well, thinking about the reframe, right? Sometimes I'm empowering you to figure that out on your own. Ask Google first, right? Mm. To consult your other support network so you can see that, you know what, I too have other forms of support. So That's good. Yeah. That's a good point to restructure even the way that you're thinking about that no. So it doesn't, we talk talk about peace, right? You don't want that no to now be internalized, like, oh, I'm not helping anyone or, right? Just thinking about that no in a way that says, this is restorative for me, right? This allows them to get agency in some way as well. Or maybe, you know what? I just need this and the world's not gonna end.
2: You know, somebody said something in class she said, I can't responsibly take that on. I can't responsibly take that task on. So sometimes, like saying no, but then giving your reason why kind of helps too, so that it doesn't look like you're just like defiantly like, no, I'm not doing that. I just I don't want to. But, you know, just like, I can't responsibly do that. <laughs>
0: You just reminded me of breath letters. I used to be afraid to saying no to those, but then my mentor told me, tell them I can't write you a strong letter. And in that case, you don't want my letter anyway, right? I can't, like you said, do this well or responsibly. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Right. That's good yeah. advice. That's a good one, Chanelo. It makes me think though, like there's power in finding a balance too, because you're saying no, but you're being direct about it. And I think you can also say no and then start getting to this bag of over-explaining. So it's like, yeah. well, no, because da 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 Tell them why and put a period and keep it moving. So it's, it's a balance right. there for sure, too. But that was like a it really good even, point.
2: Yeah. It doesn't even have to be like a long explanation. It's just mm-hmm. I know I can't do this. Sorry.
1: <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good point.
0: So nature, family and friends, of course, our loved ones. Setting boundaries, saying no, taking naps. We love a nap. With nature, right, I think I always like to include just move around in it, right? Take a walk, move your body as much as you're able.
2: Those are important. Yeah, and drinking water. You know, like people don't know how important drinking water is, but it actually helps you get somewhere like or get your oxygen kind of moving and your blood and everything so yeah
0: my sister was having headaches for like a week and my mom was afraid that she was going to have high blood pressure and she took her blood pressure and it was high and I literally said I haven't seen you drink water in about just as long maybe you need to get a direct IV of some fluids but it literally was she needed to find her water bottle that she left in my aunt's house and start drinking water again but yeah if you're not Feeling yourself constantly, your skin becomes more tight, your right, your head starts hurting, your mouth is dry, it affects you in the long term, yeah. Especially for us, I keep looking at Ashley, y'all, she has the best skin in the world. Moisturize your skin, that is so important in terms of
1: self-care. <laughs> well, thank you, y'all got me grabbing my water bottle. <laughs> right, like, drink
2: that water? <laughs> drink that water, yes, that is so important.
0: That is... <laughs> So other things that we're gonna talk about, right? Like I, what was this two weeks ago? I told y'all I got that grant rejected and I just needed a week to cry over it and comb over it and talk to my mentors. And that's really a process with grants, with papers, with you know, anything that you work really hard on. And even me as your mentor, I might be giving you something back with track changes and feedback. And that, I think, is also a process of, right, having to check in with people who remind you of your value, who remind you of the impact and the creativity and the scientific basis of your work when you're thinking, no one likes my research or no one likes my writing or, right, why am I here doing this anyway, is to say, right, us. We had that next meeting and we said, okay, we got to repilot this. We got to think about how to repackage it. We got to think about where the best place to submit it is, right? How can we remember to stay in the company of like-minded people so that we can restore our mindset and restore our identity when, especially in the case of academia, right? Things happen so often that, that make us question that. So we did have and again Janelle was a part of this class so one one interesting thing that has been happening with this class that I'm teaching this semester is that you know we're having conversations so this class is a community psychology class and we're having conversations around applying the literature that we're reading about to one our real lives and our worldview but also the work that we're able to do in terms of impacting Black youth who are in who are Faced with interpersonal and racial stressors. Um, And with that, right, teaching class now, we're having these conversations and students are talking about, yeah, from my worldview, this is the impact that I want to have. And I want to go to grad school and I want to get my degree in counseling or clinical or community or social work. And very early on in the semester, I realized, okay, maybe it's because of the pandemic, or maybe it's because of where we're situated but these students needed additional mentorship around what does it take to get into grad school what is it what do you need to be doing as an undergraduate student to prepare for graduate school uh very quickly even chanella that's how we met right through my office hours <laughs> uh very quickly my office hours filled up mm-hmm. <laughs> sharing the same resources, like, no, 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 you need to be doing research now. You need to be learning about your interests now. You need to be collecting data and cleaning data and learning how to analyze data and to talk about results, right? Um, And it just became evident that there was, you know, a lack of mentorship, a lack of structure around the hidden curriculum of undergrad that says, this is what it takes to get you to grad school. So we decided to do a workshop last Thursday, just based on these questions that we received. And I wanted to very briefly preview some of these questions and two, because Ashley and Carissa, you guys especially have been successful at undergrad and at getting research experiences and at going to get your masters, right? I want to talk about just different things that you have done to prepare yourself for grad school, for getting into grad school and again right maintaining that um that balance along the way. So I want I'll start with that very broad question. So one of the first questions I'm looking at here says how do I prepare myself for grad school and what are some of the steps that I could take to get into grad school? Um anything that you ladies can think about in terms of being particularly helpful along your journey.
1: What's coming up for me is how much in undergrad, I feel like there was, there wasn't information that was just readily available to me about grad school. So I found that I had to really stretch myself and go to certain people who maybe it's a professor that I have a relationship with that can help mentor me through this process. So that was the number one thing. Like I need somebody who was out of the weeds already helping support me through this process. So that's one big thing. I just didn't know. If you don't know, you don't know. So figuring out the information and then Also seeking additional opportunities, like in undergrad for me, I felt like I did some things, but grad school is when I really put my head down and started to try to get in research labs. I um, looked at opportunities to study abroad and just do all the things to try to really build up my CV. Um, So I would say the support, having the right support, finding somebody that's interested in mentoring you, which also isn't always easy. And then um seeking additional opportunities that may not just be handed to you those internships things like that working in different labs so that i feel like has helped me along the way yeah
0: that's really good advice uh,
3: yeah very similar to ashley i think what i would post to be really intentional about what you do in your free time So, for instance, there's nothing wrong with going to the gym and working out consistently and being on the uh, competitive basketball team at your gym. But also, you could be a teacher's assistant or be a peer tutor. Um, Thinking about ways to connect, find time in your free, find the opportunities in your free to take advantage of in your free time that connect to your professional goals. Um, So what I did is I was a teacher's assistant for, I think, a total of two years throughout undergrad, which was very helpful in just introducing to me what I could do with a psychology degree. Um, So I would also say just ask questions. Um, College is a great time to ask questions. I would ask my professors, um, what are your research interests? What made you choose clinical or counseling? Um, I had a professor who did industrial organizational psychology never heard of that, um, which was a great um, opportunity. And I think also, at least for me, I do think having some experience where you're working directly with people if you are interested in clinical counseling or social work is very helpful. Um, So finding those opportunities for me was working as a domestic violence advocate, but for others, it could be working, volunteering in the mental health hospital, maybe it's local to you. So those are just some of my thoughts.
0: Ooh, I love those. So you guys just hit on, I think, three really important areas in terms of clinical work that you're going to have to do in grad school and trying to get some shadowing or some hands-on experience early on. Teaching that you're going to have to do in graduate school um, or TAing and getting some additional experience in that. In my class, I just have them all lecture, right? Do one lecture so you could say that you've gotten that experience under your belt. Um, Actually, you talked about what I think is most important in terms of what we look for for as faculty are those kind of early research experiences. Uh, you mentioned reaching out to mentors and potential mentors. And you know, uh, as you know, one of those mentors, what I'll say is that, you know, if you're black and you're at a PWI or MSI, you're going to get all those students who want to do that type of work. Um, so how did you identify who you wanted to work with and how did you reach out and make yourself stand out?
1: That's a good question. Um for me, I simply started by doing a lot of research, like figuring out what is the type of research I'm even interested in, and then seeing what professors are out there doing similar work. And then I personally started doing some just cold emails. Like I know that professors have a lot going on and a lot in their email box, but I drafted together a nice email to send out to them just to see if they would be willing. And I have Had several professors just not respond or even just say, no, I'm not taking graduate students. And I'm like, wait, I'm not asking that. Um, So, uh, but I've then I've had several who will respond to me and who have stepped up and said, sure, I would love to mentor you. So I think that was a big piece for me, just cold emails. There's probably, you know, a better way of networking. And maybe there's people that you know that you can, that can um, connect you. But that was the route I took.
0: You know, sometimes you get lucky and you could have somebody introduce you by way of someone else. Um so for example, wow, y'all origin story. Ashley and I we probably do a special episode with Dr. Cooper. <laughs> we have a mentor in common. Um, my grad school mentor was her mentor through her master's program as she was getting those experiences. And you did not have dr cooper email me you emailed me and i think that maybe you mentioned her and maybe your second email or so right so mm-hmm. that is to say utilize those connections be persistent as you are emailing these faculty um but yeah it is because of those early experiences that you were able to get that yes she could have sent that email and pass you along like a warm handoff but you just sending that email and name dropping, right, mm. is really important and, and impactful as well because here you are. <laughs> right? you <worked> out. <laughs> yeah, that allows you you to speak to your research training in a language that I understand because we were training the same way. Um, so for undergrads who are currently interested in going to graduate school, right, it, there is a, a pipeline. There are you know, faculty who collaborate, you should be, like Carissa said, intentional about the time that you're spending and the way that you're spending that time. So that could be to say, okay, I know I want to work with Dr. Cooper in 10 years. Let me start emailing her postdoc or her grad student to see, you know, what sort of research she's doing or how I can, you know, segue my way into that work. So that's really great advice. Thank you, ladies, for sharing. Um, I definitely want to encourage you, if you are listening and interested in that, I definitely want to encourage you to stay tuned for a future episode. We're going to drop the full episode of that workshop that we did. Um, We did answer questions like, what do you do in your sophomore year versus your senior year? So there are different things that you can do as you're looking for research opportunities versus research match in a potential program. Um, So we do talk about that as well as, right, things to keep in mind as you are facilitating that balance between peace and productivity. Um, So definitely, please, if you have any additional questions, we typically try to do a mailbag episode at the end of the semester, um, and that'll just capture all the ones that are in my inbox. But shoot an email to TheEmpowerLab at gmail.com. And we're going to do a Q&A at the end of the season. I want to thank Carissa, Ashley, Chinello. I want to really thank the Racial Trauma Task Force, you members of the Empower Lab, as well for this work that you continue to do for indulging me on this week's episode. I, You know, we were literally going to take a week off. Um, And I wanted to, you know, just set the example that we can continue to have FaceTime with each other, continue to be impactful in the work that we do um, and continue to keep a pace that feels manageable to us as long as, right, we are organized and prepared and intentional. I love that word. I'm going to keep it with me, Carissa, about, you know, what we are doing each week. And in that way, and in that case, I think we are really going to be able to continue being as productive as we have been. Ashley and I were just at another social media meeting, and we have like four episodes of this podcast backed up and ready to release for you guys. So we are really excited about the work that we've been able to continue doing in the Empower Lab and with the Racial Trauma Task Force, we are doing our very best, right? To keep our values in mind. We are doing our very best to keep this balance, to keep these boundaries intact, to be mindful of each other and to support each other as we are all, right? We all fighting for our lives every day, literally. Like we come on here bright and shiny, but (laughs) we battling it out, Um, right? And racism, right? That's a a huge fight that we're fighting. Um, so, definitely, thank you all for listening. Thank you for joining today. And stay tuned for the next episode of the
1: Black and Empowered Podcast. Bye.